everyone. This is episode 741 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, October 9th, 2020. I am your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I'll be talking about Nickelodeon Kart Racers 2 Grand Prix and the Prinny 1 Plus 2 Exploded and Reloaded Remasters of Prinny Can I Really Be the Hero and Prinny 2 Dawn of Operation Panties Dude, which were a couple of platformers that were offshoots of the disguise series where you played as Prinny, the little penguin dude and they were a good time and i'll talk about them shortly and if they're still a good time today as they've been ported remastered for the nintendo switch which i think is the only platform they're on maybe they're on playstation 4 as well but i play them on the switch anywho before i get to what i've been playing and that is pretty much all i've been playing that's worth talking about at least because i've been playing a few games to get them easy achievement points for that Microsoft Rewards thing going on that gives you up to 10,000 additional points if you get 10,000 achievement points. So I've been going back and checking out my back catalog of Rodalika games and the such, the such, oh boy, the such. What am I talking about? Anywho, nobody gives a shit about that. Before I'm getting on to what I've been playing, I want to talk a little bit about some PlayStation news that has come out this past week, starting with the update going out to the playstation store on i am assuming the ps4 and all platforms along with the web store but the web store is the one i'm more concerned about because that has brought about a little bit of backlash due to the fact that starting i think around the end of this month in a few weeks or so you will no longer be able to purchase ps3 vita and i'm assuming psp games from the web store and Some people are upset about this because that's functionality lost. And I understand that, especially since, at least on PlayStation 3, I think on Vita, using the store is not terrible. But on PlayStation 3, at least, I haven't booted it up in a while. But the last time I used it, navigating the store and anything related to online anything, the PlayStation 3 was just incredibly slow and sluggish and... If you're not using the PlayStation 3 to just play a game, it's kind of a pain in the ass and a messy experience overall. So I understand wishing that you could still purchase games through the web store because it's just way quicker and more convenient. But I don't think it's the biggest problem. Uh, I don't really know how many people are still buying PS3 games digitally at this point. I'm sure there are people out there. I'm sure they're like a whole bunch of people and they're like you're a fucking idiot mark but i think it's probably a small number and that could be part of why they're removing that functionality it also could be that with whatever updates they're pushing out it just wouldn't work so that is a bit of a bummer i'm not saying it's not a bad thing but the thing that caught my attention and it left me wondering just like why is this happening and it is something that i think is way bigger of an issue For whatever reason, they are, and there was no mention of something to replace it or if it's going away temporarily to return later, they're removing the wishlist. The wishlist? The wishlist. They're removing the wishlist. They're removing the wish list, which I don't understand. I really don't. I think the wishlist as a thing is so crucial to pretty much every storefront whether whether it be physical stuff or digital stuff like with playstation specifically 
I put however many games in my wish list, and instead of when a new sale drops every week, because on all these consoles, I, I think it's the same on Nintendo, but I don't really pay attention because if Nintendo games, if first party games aren't on sale, I don't really care. So on all these platforms, they push out new sales typically every Tuesday. The the sales, at least on Xbox, tend to go live on Monday evening around, I think, 7 p.m. Central Time or Central not standard time, daylight savings, whatever we're fucking in right now. It goes in 7 p.m. Central Time with whatever savings or not savings time we're in. I never remember what it is because I feel like I always see CST. And then when I found out that, oh, they actually have the the acronym CDT, I was like, oh, shit. I didn't realize it was a thing. And I felt like a real dum-dum. But... When those sales go live, PlayStation, I think, is like 10 a.m. on Tuesdays or, or such, or it could be 12 p.m. Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Uh, when those sales go live, instead of having to navigate the sale page and go through all the pages or to type in the name of a game I'm interested in, when you have a wish list, which exists on Nintendo and Xbox and PlayStation and Steam and probably other PC distributors, platforms, instead of having to navigate all that crap and and search out stuff yourself, you can just go to your wish list and scroll through your games that you are interested in that you didn't pick up when they initially came out because you either wanted to wait until they went on sale or you just didn't have the time or, or whatever the reason be. You can scroll through that wish list and if a game is on sale that week, it'll be right there. It'll show you its sale price and all that jazz and you don't have to search it out it's just there waiting for you and you don't have to like go through all these other games you don't give any shits about which is super convenient and just a really nice thing to have and the fact that they're removing that with no say as to whether or not they'll be bringing it back just seems really weird and i don't know why that functionality specifically is being removed like why is this update to the store leading them to have to remove the wish list. It just seems weird. And god damn it, I can't say wish list, apparently, because I feel like half of the time I'm saying wish list or just anything that isn't I can't say list. You know what? List is a word not good for someone with a minor lisp. I think I have a lisp. I have a wish. I wish I didn't have a lisp, but I have a wish lisp. <laughs> Whatever. The other bit of news that came out today. I think it came out today, Friday, the, the time of this recording, is some more details about PlayStation 5 or, or PlayStation 4 backward compatibility on PlayStation 5. So they've tested, I guess, you know, the majority of PlayStation games at this point, and, and most of them work. There are a few caveats. So and these are things that I all came to expect. They mentioned that some games may while be playable on PlayStation 5 consoles, some of the functionalities that were available on PS4 will not be available on PS5, and in addition, some PS4 games may exhibit errors or unexpected behavior when played on a PS5, so that is something to be aware of. What percentage of games will have issues? Who knows? That is something that I'm sure will come out as the systems are in people's hands and people with large libraries are 
playing a bunch of games and putting that out there. But for the most part, games will at the very least work, except for a handful of about 10 or so games, which they have listed on their, their website in, in an article. And more games may be added to these as time goes on. Who knows? But uh, And this is nice that these are at least labeled on, I guess, in your library or on the PlayStation Store as playable on PS4 only. But the PS4 only games are DWVR, which is a VR game, I'm assuming. I don't know what the DW is. Uh, I, I would assume that stands for something. And it's not just DWVR because that just that sounds like a root beer drink or something. Then... Afro Samurai 2 Revenge of Kuma Volume 1, which I may be remembering this wrong, but I'm pretty sure this game came out, was such a shit show and reviewed so poorly that they removed it from all storefronts after a few days. I feel like it came and went very quickly. So this could very much be a case of a game that just was put out there, removed and not supported. And who knows how many people still had that because I'm assuming that they probably had some kind of refund thing going on at two. It's like, Hey, this game sucks. We're, we're just, we're fucking, we, we give up. We're not even going to try and fix it or anything. Cause I don't think it ever re came out. So that is a game that I'm sure not a lot of people really care about unless they're like some diehard Afro Samurai two fans, but then TT Isle of man ride on the edge Two, which is a, motorcycle racing game i'm pretty sure that's what that series is i don't know if that's a recent one an old one but that one in particular isn't available just deal with it don't know what that is here is where one actual good game not that the other games are bad or anything just like a game that i'm a fan of and aware of at least i know what it is very well shadow complex remastered will not play on the PS5, which is a bummer. You know, that, that's a good game. It would be nice if that could come over. Not that I have to worry about it. I don't have that on PlayStation 4. Then Robinson The Journey, which is a VR game, I've been told, and a decent one. We Sing, which is a singing game, but there are plenty of other sing games. Then Hitman Go Definitive Edition, which is the one game that, for me, stands out. It's like, damn, that kind of sucks because... That is one of the few games I have installed on my PlayStation 4 because I played it on mobile platforms whenever it came on. I played a little bit on Windows 10, but I never completed it. And it was a game that I'm like, you know what? I want to play this at some point for Attack the Backlog. And I was going to play the PS4 version. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to play anything on PS4 at this point. I'm just going to wait until the PS5 comes out and all that. And now I can't play Hitman Go Definitive Edition on my PlayStation 5. <laughs> so that's a bummer. But then there's also Shadwin. I don't know what that is. And Joe's Diner. And that's it. Those are the only games that at this point are PS4 only games. And may always only be the PS4 only games. And who knows? Maybe down the line, some of them or all of them will be able to be played on a PS5? <laughs> I can't talk today. But, yeah. It, it's uh, about what I expected, that the vast majority of games will work, and of course there will 
be issues with some games, and we'll learn more about that as the, the console come out. But you know, I think this is good news, and is something that will definitely put a fair amount of people's concerns at ease. But uh, yeah, that's it in terms of news. So to get back to what I've been playing, let's start with Nickelodeon Kart Racers 2 Grand Prix, which is a kart racer, as you might expect. And I, I really wanted to like this because I am a fan of kart racers conceptually, but in practice, I don't like that many of them. I still haven't messed around with Crash Team Racing, but I am not the biggest fan of the Mario Kart games, and I don't like these, and there are plenty of smaller games I don't like. My favorite kart racer is still probably Beach Buggy Racing, which I know makes me a very weird person, though the Sega games, Sega transform and all-stars racing and all those they're definitely up there and might top beach buggy racing for me but after putting a fair amount of time into nickelodeon kart racers 2 it just became apparent that's just it's not that good it looks okay it's added a fair amount of characters over the first game and i did go back and download the first game to compare and contrast the two because the first thing i noticed is that one I had to quit out of the tutorial that boots up when you first start the game because one of the functions, one of the abilities you have to like boost or something out of slime pad, I don't know what it was. It didn't really explain it all that well and I couldn't get it so I could not progress with the tutorial. So I just had to quit and back out of that and just start up proper. But the thing that stood out almost immediately was that the drifting feels very loose. And I was wondering if it felt the same way in the first game. And after I booted up the first game, I was like, man, drifting in Nickelodeon Kart Racers 1 feels way better. And in addition to that, there is an option in Kart Racers 1 that allows you to have drifting control normally or on easy mode or whatever. And that option is no longer in Kart Racers 2, which is weird. And both games lack a lot of accessibility options in that they don't really have any. In Kart Racers 2, all you have is a auto acceleration ability, but you don't have anything else that is geared towards making it more accessible to children or anything in terms of customizing controls if you want to switch out the button layouts or anything like that. You might be able to just slightly adjust it in the same way you could in Kart Racers 1, but I feel like you couldn't even do that. But that lack of accessibility is a real bummer in a game that is definitely geared towards kids using Nickelodeon properties and all that and is very bright and colorful. But the game itself just doesn't feel that good. The track design is real shitty. I... I I'm surprised by how bad certain aspects of the track design are. Specifically, there are these sections where you have to jump off a ramp to land on a certain thing, like a, a bridge or a different platform. And in some cases, it feels like it's designed to be a shortcut and you can only do it if you have boost on you or something, but it's not clear it doesn't really show you or, or it makes it seem like that is the correct path there's one level in particular where i think you're supposed to actually turn left but 
it doesn't give you any indication that you should turn left and it makes it seem like you should just go straight. And in a lot of these situations on multiple stages, you will just go off these ramps and even if you're at full speed and just not boosting, you won't make the jump. And it just seems really weird and I I don't know what the fuck is going on there and why it's like that on so many of these different levels, but that did not feel good. And then, like I said, the the drifting is very loose and doesn't really seem worth it. The powers aren't that great. I don't like them enough. I don't know if this is the case or not, or just something of, of me thinking it is. Like, it seems like the equivalent of the blue shell the super powerful power up that you get when you're in like last place that you can send to go towards the person in first place and ruin their day i don't know if i've ever seen that used against an ai character if they're in first place it's happened to me plenty of times but i don't know if i've ever seen it actually hit an ai unless i knew an ai was right behind me and i hit on the brakes and let them get ahead of me outside of that I don't think it's, it's ever been used, which, if true, is real shitty. I don't like that at all. But it's just really rough in many respects, including the game locking up here and there. I'm playing it on an Xbox One X. It is definitely not a visually intensive game, and yet, at times, it would just lock up for a second or two. Not even when a lot of stuff was happening on screen, it would just lock up. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. And I don't like it. And at first, it happened only once in maybe an hour of play. But then as I continued playing more, it started cropping up more and more frequently. So I don't know what that's all about. But I'm sure when I get my Series X and I play some more of it, it'll run buttery smooth. Because clearly this game needs the power of the Series X. But it's not all bad. I do like certain aspects of the game. I like the customization options and how they affect your carts. And I like this crew system they have in place. So when you set up your car for racing, you pick your driver and then you can pick the various components of your car from the tires to the spoiler and the engine and the paint. And the paint doesn't do anything, of course, but I think those are the three options. And then you have your crew members. You have your chief, who is your main power-up that is used when you build up power from collecting slime on levels. So those can provide you with boost or the ability to collect slime tokens that you're around and, and stuff like that. And then you have two additional crew members who are passive abilities. And I'm not really sure what the passive abilities bring you, but I like having these various crew members that you unlock as you play more and more because they give you ways of changing your play style or, or things that will complement your play style if you really like having a boost feature if you want an option that will disable cars if they're in your vicinity and stuff like that i i think that whole system is pretty interesting and is a nice way of offering more customization to the carts but the game itself just isn't that fun and it's not super challenging but the, the, the real problem to me is that the the weapons and all that you have in there aren't really that great. And the track design, more so than anything, isn't that good. And like I said, the drifting just doesn't feel good in the second game. And then 
Prinny, 1 plus 2 exploded and reloaded, is a good time. So if you don't know anything about these games, they are offshoots Prinny 1 and Prinny 2. They are offshoots of the Disguise series, which is an RPG series that is very beloved. I've never played those games, but I did play these games back on PSP because when they came out and I had a PSP and I was way into the PSP, I love the look of it. I've always really liked the art style of Disgaea and when they were coming out with these games that use that art style and had a really nice sense of humor and just looked really fun and and were different they were platformers they weren't rpgs i was all in and the thing about these games one the these remasters they look fine but it's not like they look incredible or anything and I don't think in terms of content much has changed, if anything. So this is just a way to play these old games on a current platform, which is nice. But the thing about the game is it is challenging. It is still challenging today. It takes a little bit of time to just get used to it and get acclimated with how everything works. It's a pretty simple game, but it, it takes some time to, to master the mechanics. And the way everything works is that in both games... You start out with a thousand lives. And as you die, you keep seeing that number whittle down. And at the beginning, you're probably like, Can I've got so many lives, I don't have to worry about this. But then you waste a hundred lives on one level or something, and you're like, Shit, I I wasted so many lives on just that one level. What am I gonna do? Because the way levels are structured is that you have a you know, short level and then you get to a boss fight and then that's it and then you go to another level and you get to another boss fight pretty simple and straightforward but the challenge comes in the way the printing controls and the fact that you have a limited number of lives so if you get hit i think three times so there are multiple difficulties that adjust the way this works but i think the default in printing one is that you have three lives and then the default in printing two is that you have two lives not sure if that is exactly right but when you die, you go back to the latest checkpoint, and the checkpoints are not too poorly spaced out. But the, the mechanics of the game is that you have your basic jump, like any platformer, and then you have a basic attack. You can do jumping slashes with your sword in the air, and then you can spin to build up speed and move faster and do a little butt stomp for certain objects and things in the environment, like checkpoints and stuff. And you can stun enemies by stomping on their head as well, which is definitely beneficial in certain boss fights. And and that's where the real challenge comes in. It's, it's not so much in getting through the levels. The platforming is fine and making your way through levels can be challenging if you are rushing ahead of yourself. One of the biggest problems or what brings about some of the more difficult aspects of the levels is that you have no mid-air correction when jumping. So if you are jumping and you see that you have to land on this specific moving platform, let's say a magic carpet. And below the magic carpet is this beam of electricity that if you touch it, you'll die. It won't just take off one hit, you'll just fully die. If you jump and you realize you're not going to hit the magic carpet, you can't correct and return to the platform you jumped off of and wait for it to come back or anything like that. You are committed to that jump. When you jump, you are committed and you better know what you're doing. You can halt your fall by using the air slashing, but you can't move or do anything like that. You can just pause it 
in a sense, by doing that. But that's not really what that attack is meant for. But that is where you might end up seeing yourself dying a lot. You have to be very aware of enemies and where they're coming from because if they end up hitting you, you'll get knocked back and you could end up dying because of that. So there is difficulty in that sense, but really the challenge comes from the boss fights where you have to spend a fair amount of time and a handful of lives in order to figure out the strategy. And even if they seem simple to deal with, you still have to worry about the fact that you do have your limited lives. Like it offers a rewarding challenge, a challenge that for me, at least when I'm playing it, I always want to get back off of my deathbed and go at it again. I never feel defeated. I never feel like, well, I'm just never going to be able to do this. I don't want to even try anymore. I, I always want to keep coming back until I complete a level. I, I don't ever feel like the game is being too hard on me or, or cheap uh, for the most part. So that is something I like, but it is definitely challenging. I, I don't think this is for the faint of heart. If you're somebody who wants an easier thing and doesn't want something overly challenging, I, I would pass on the printing games because I don't think there is any kind of real accessibility options or anything to make it easier. There is an easier difficulty, which I think just gives you a few more lives, but I don't think it does anything more than that. I can't remember though. But yeah, I still really like the games. And I think if you are a fan of challenging platformers, it's definitely worth checking out the collection. I think the collection is only available physically. And if you want to purchase them digitally, I think you have to buy them on their own, which is good in a way, because then you could just purchase one first and see if you like it. Because if you've played one of them, You've pretty much played both of them. The second one adds like the ability to recharge or whatever, to charge up attacks and stuff like that. So that's nice. But for the most part, they are pretty much the same experience. So if you play one and really like it, then you can pick up the other one. So you don't have to commit to both games if you are going the digital route, which is nice. And I think they are 20 bucks a piece. Uh, so yeah, that is again, Prinny 1 plus 2 exploded and reloaded, or in their separate forms, Prinny Can't I Really Be the Hero, and Prinny 2 Dawn of Operation Panties Dude. And yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. I did finally get around to recording every bit of audio for future Attack the Backlog episodes, so I should be able to get all those episodes done this weekend, which will be nice. And I'm not sure which one I'm going to put out on Sunday yet. It's really going to be a crapshoot. It could be Friday the 13th game. It could be Pokemon Sword and Shield. It could be Anthem. I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. But uh, yeah, that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, Attack the Backlog, and On Amazingly Baka, all of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the art I make on the site, and if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye!